0: Thank you. Welcome to NPI
1: Tech Guys, your go-to radio show for cutting-edge managed IT services. Are you tired of unresponsive slow service from your current IT provider? Discover a world where network security, data protection, and expert support come together seamlessly. Stay tuned to learn how to transform your IT experience and never worry about downtime again. Call us at 866-986-NEWS. And let's make IT great together.
0: Happy to have you along, my fellow tech enthusiasts. I am Sam Bushman. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Jay Harrison's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you, Sam. How's it going? Excellent. And dovetailing on the previous episode, we talked about the iPhone 15. When should you upgrade? What are the concerns? What are the great points? What, you know, we kind of broke it all down, told you that the iPhone SE... Um, is really a great, great, great deal. The iPhone mini being canceled quietly, kind of an interesting twist. Also, you should know that Apple releasing a software update for the iPhone 12 because they want to solve radiation concerns. Isn't it radiation a little late for that, concerns. Jay?
1: I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you hear people talking about you could buy these stickers and stuff that you put on your phone and it's supposed to dampen the radiation, but I've always thought all that was a bunch of malarkey.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just telling you what they're doing. I find that fascinating, to say the least. Uh, I also uh, wanted to give a little bit of chance for us to kind of finish up on that conversation a little bit. We talked about a lot of the phones and, and, and some of that stuff, but they also did some stuff to their watches that are pretty interesting, too. They
1: have. they So they're coming out with the Apple Watch 9. That's going to include uh, OS 9 for the watch. Yeah. Uh, some of the you know they've got faster processors. Um, these watches, like especially the Ultra, is going to be um, waterproof down to forty meters. That's one hundred twenty feet. So you, literally, if you go, if you have your level one certification for diving, you could take this as your your watch. You're not going below one hundred twenty feet. You're that's
0: insane, <laughs> that's man. It's pretty cool. Uh, the, of course and the height is crazy too, though. What is it? You said like 25,000, 30,000 feet? It was just like
1: below the height of Mount Everest. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> it's just insane. <laughs> that's pretty good. Cr- any, I'll put it this way any domestic uh, mountain range in North or South America, you're going to be fine with. You can go all the way to the peak with the watch, no problem. And Even down if to like. You're
0: like the alone type intrepid human, it still covers you, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the cool things with a better processor on this watch is that it will be able to handle um, Siri even if you're even if you have no data connection. So if you want to ask it the time, or you want to ask it to pull something up, or play something, or whatever, it can it can handle the the decoding and the interpolation of the a voice with Siri and do it all on the phone, which is better even for privacy and all kinds of stuff. It doesn't have to record that, send it off to Apple really quickly, get it processed there, and then get your result back. Um, that'll yeah, I be just good wonder how us.
0: real that's gonna be though in terms of how do you store enough information to make that really work i don't I don't quite understand it technically do you just... i
1: I think it's a processing thing more than anything yeah I don't think that it's um I, I don't think that it's like comparing so, so much let
0: me throw an idea out for you I send my query to the cloud. I wait for the cloud to process it. I then get it back. Now what it's going to do is it's going to send the query and the answer back and do the processing to to convert it and internalize it and deal with it uh, locally, possibly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, if you ask it, you know, who won the 1939 World Series and it doesn't have an Internet connection, it's not going to know. But if you're asking it something that it can answer or or already knows the answer to like for example what time is it if you can't see your watch or it's dark or what I don't even know but um, simple things like that or to call somebody or or whatever it doesn't need to use the data connection it's
0: not switching from the cloud to local entirely it's just going to have a lot more local support local processing in an effort to speed up reality yeah so you can
1: launch apps or it's going to do the the voice processing on the watch and that's pretty impressive I think for for an on your wrist device that's pretty cool
0: Well, because the watches are starting to become incredibly powerful, too. It's shocking how much power, how much competing power those dudes really have now.
1: Oh, they are. Definitely. One watch and ten times what we put, you know, a man on the moon or whatever with NASA. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy.
0: Yeah, by the way, TikTok and Billboard are teaming up to launch what they call a top 50 song chart. I find that kind of interesting. It'll track the most popular songs. Uh, on the short-form short, short form video sharing app. It'll measure the hottest songs on the platform each week. That's kind of social, I don't know what you want to call it, social networking um, in real time, Jay, teaming it up with the top billboard charts or whatever else. Pretty I soon social is going to drive the billboards, not the other way around.
1: I think that's true, and we've seen this with um, songs like that um, Anthony guy with the Rich Men in Richmond, where it became number one on Apple, on iTunes, and these other things, and... In radio stations and uh, Nielsen, and and these guys are way behind. They're not they're not keeping up. When you look at what's popular on Spotify, what's popular on Apple Music, I think you're getting a real view of what's going on with people. And you don't you, going by these old charts and in in Billboard Top 100 what they say. And there's you know you you get that sense of music control industry. You know, kind of heavy handed and what they want to promote and push more these are more organic these are more real and they're more real time and they're faster and they're going to get real results so i i think it's a great idea
0: no question it's real crowdsourced billboard charts now so to speak it's fascinating yeah to say the least by the way you know Chromebooks have been suffering they've been underpowered they called them netbooks for a little while the chromebooks and you know they had the chrome operating system and they were limited and they were simple and you know kids would use them and everything but they weren't full featured enough Google wants to change that, Jay. They've so now they say Chromebooks, to change that forever. <laughs> they say Chromebooks will get updates for ten years. So wow. when you buy a Chromebook now, you're gonna get software updates for the next ten years on that dude.
1: That's impressive. I like that. I think people should stand behind their products longer like that.
0: They say this move will help when it comes to increasing the longevity of those devices. Boy howdy is that true, Jay. Yes. All they got to do is find a way to get a little bit more power on those dudes. And I'm telling you right now they need to build out that ecosystem a little bit more. The Google Office products have really taken it to the next level. They've got to round it out a little bit more and support that with updates. And
1: I'm surprised soon that, they're
0: going to have something to compete with the rest, Jay.
1: I'm surprised that Chromebooks doesn't just come out with a uh, laptop as a service sort of thing where they just send you a Chromebook, a new one every two years or whatever, and you just pay, a month, or or not a month, a year, or whatever it is. And you just get the latest hardware. And if you have any problems or whatever, you just switch it out and send it in. Because everything on a Chromebook is supposed to be in the cloud anyway. So it's not like you got to back up your system or whatever.
0: All you're doing is that kind of a hardware on lease zero dollar buyout or one dollar buyout at the end kind of an idea, and you've got it right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, they wouldn't even do that because they'd want to send them off and recycle them or do some they want no, to get them back I'm out of your kind hands. I'm making
0: the point that a similar idea though, yeah, paying the hardware off over time is the idea. Keeping you on a saAS system hardware backed is is really the idea. And I I'd look for way. them
1: to do a some kind of solution like that. I'm surprised they haven't done it already, and maybe there even is, and I just don't haven't heard about it, but
0: yeah, um, they'd call it Hass, wouldn't they, Jay? Hardware, hardware as, as a, a
1: service. service. That's exactly right.
0: <laughs> All right, and interesting. Now, this is interesting too. I just want to kind of bring this out. Spotify's newest feature allows songwriters to promote their work. Um, they called them songwriter promo cards, is what they're calling these things, um, and it's a support tool or an emotional tool for songwriters to highlight their songs and get discovered. By new listeners and potential collaborators. My son is actually a musician. He's related, released some of his own music and stuff like that on Spotify and everything. Nice. This feature is huge for him and stuff. And I look at, we're changing the game. Instead of just being hoping you get everything right to just become a rock star, you're starting to see more and more and more people become, well, you may not be the rock star that, say, Taylor Swift is or something, but you know what? You can have a following of your own. And this new media stuff and the Spotify and some of these, uh, the internet and you know, you you might have you know two hundred thousand fans, and you can say, well, that's nothing. Hey, two hundred thousand fans to five million fans. Pretty soon, it's enough to make some money, either a part-time gig or a full-time gig, and it's and it's you can really start to get a following. It may not be the rockstar status yesteryear, but it's not a nobody status either. That's so right. This is changing the game there too, Jay.
1: Not only that, it has the ability to make an end run around all the super big and crusty, entrenched music industry and cut out a lot of that stuff and go right from artist to fan. And I'm a I'm a big fan of that. I think that's a great thing. I, I You get rid of some of all this this overhead with ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, all that
0: stuff. All right, what else do we have today, Jay?
1: Well, an interesting story um, out of China. Uh, Sinopec is one of uh, China's big oil companies there. And they are announcing, they're saying that, that peak gasoline demand for China has already passed because of EVs and that's electric vehicles, and China is just rapidly adopting electric vehicles. They say that they're already past peak gasoline demand for that country and that it's all downhill from here.
0: Do you believe it, Jay?
1: I don't know. I think that I think that it's good marketing, I guess, on one way. I don't know. If I was in an oil company, I would be promoting that um, because it seems like you're, you'd lose market share and, and – uh, you might have investors starting to back out. Um, so in that ha- sense, it doesn't—it doesn't do that. As far as I can tell, it doesn't do them any good to announce that. So maybe they're just kind of preparing people. But I think that you know, fossil fuels are still here to stay for a long time, and um, especially in, in developing countries, China and India, that don't care or or have the the burden of EPA and all these other uh, extra guidelines. I. I don't know that they're past their peak oil demand. I, that that may be optimistic on their part.
0: Um, EVs can't go the distance is kind of the headline that I want to put to this topic for a second, Jay. Can electric vehicles go the distance is what people are really asking about this. And we're finding out that even the CEOs of these companies, you know, they really had these big to-dos and press conferences and Um, The bottom line, though, is they're finding out that in the real world, the EV range just isn't there. If it's super cold, it can't handle it. If it's super hot, it can't handle it. If you can't get to a station near you, we don't have the infrastructure built out, it can't handle it. If you're really pulling a real load, uh, it can't handle it. We're starting to see kind of reality come to this. And you know what? I appreciate that they're really trying to push these EVs, but they're expensive. And they're very uh, problematic in terms of real usability. So the ideal is great. But the real is a lot different. I and I bring it, this all up because these executives have gone across the country and documented their experiences, and they're like, mm, this isn't—we better—and they're really stepping back. And then in Florida, after the hurricanes happened— Fires started breaking out on these EVs because what happened is salt would get mixed with the battery, salt water and stuff. And then when the water would dry out, the salt would be there and they would spontaneously combust. Yikes. And so we're seeing serious problems with this. Jay, we're not ready for prime time, I can promise you that.
1: Well, I think it's a use case thing, right? So a EV, I would never take an EV and say, hey, let's go make a cross-country road trip. I'm going to drive up and see Sam in Utah from Florida. That's not the best use case for them. For a commuter vehicle, you know, if you're driving less than say 20, 25 miles a day um, in your round trip um, or even even if that's one way, even if it's 50 miles one way, if if you're doing that, you're coming home, you're charging overnight, I think an EV can be a great solution. I don't think that they're going to that they're ready, especially with charging stations and all that stuff. Um, you're better off with a gasoline vehicle if you're going to be driving cross-country. Or even if, let will say, you're a traveling salesperson and you're just, you have a region like the southeast or whatever, and you're always on the road, EV is not going to be your plan. You need a gasoline that you can fill up in five minutes and get back on the road.
0: Um, you got that right. The headline about that very point you're making says this. Electric cars have a road trip problem. Slow and unreliable charging. And that really kind of tells half the story for them to be an on-the-road vehicle. Now, if you have a, a fleet of vehicles that are just going to be local and some of those things, if they're not pulling a heavy load, if they're not in the super hot and super cold, they may be, you know, just fine. Yeah. Um, California seems, you know, ripe for this because, A, it doesn't get too hot, it doesn't get too cold. It's a perfect environment for testing. But they're not even close to prime time. And well, this idea that, that, you know, gas is over. It reminds me of IBM, Jay. You know, back in the day, they said, oh, man, IBM's done. Well, it's still around and thriving, right? Yeah. It's not what it once was. but So uh, you're a long way from getting rid of the lightning cables, like we talked about last episode. You're a long way right. away from getting rid of gas-powered vehicles as well. well like that doesn't change as fast as you wish it might.
1: The, the big issue I'm seeing now with EVs is... People are—bureaucrats are feeling like they're not getting the the gasoline taxes out of these people. So now you're seeing these, these like, impact taxes when you go to buy an EV and you go to register at a DMV. And it may be $1,200 because they're trying to charge all your taxes up front. Or there's going to be special taxes on people who have EVs to make up for the road tax. And I think if you're trying to promote this stuff, you should at least put a moratorium on that kind of stuff. I don't—people— there's a lot of like gotchas behind the scenes that people are complaining about and are starting to see. And there's well, a lot what's it of going to
0: take for me to charge my car tomorrow. Pretty soon there's going to be a tax on that where it's like, you know what? This is how much it costs to charge it. And here's the tax on that. They're going to they're gonna find their way, Jay. Well, there
1: was a state and it might even have been Utah, Sam, that was going to pass a thing that all EVs had to have GPS trackers in them so they could count the mileage that you actually drove on the roads and tax you accordingly. Yikes. Yeah. And that, and if Ladies that's and not then, a privacy you, concern, we come told on. you
0: that chat GPT and, and some of these, um, uh, you know, technologies aren't really ready for prime time because the, the laws and society and expectations and protections and privacy isn't up to snuff yet. Well, the same thing's true with a lot of this EV discussion. You know, they're just not ready for prime time with a lot of these things, Jay. There's a lot of things to be worked out. Same thing with some of these driverless vehicles. They may have an appropriate environment. The car drive by itself and it may act flawlessly. You put it in real time, real world, and pretty soon it's like, hey, people are dying. It's like, hold up, stop, wait a minute now. So we need to remember technology is really cool and it's great to explore and it's fun to keep an eye on the bleeding edge of it and everything else. But really the tech wheels move, for the most part, fairly slowly, Jay.
1: That's true. And if you want to promote adoption of EVs, don't be nailing people on the back end with all these crazy taxes. Um, I, I think that you should figure out a different way. I don't know what that way is. I'm not, I don't, I'm not the best person for that, but um, surprise fees and, and bureaucrats who feel like they're not getting their share out of people is not the way to promote something if that's your agenda.
0: Well, and how do you dispose of the batteries in these vehicles when you need a new battery in the vehicle or whatever else? How do you deal with all that and stuff? We haven't really even dealt with that. We can't even properly recycle straws, Jay.
1: Well, yeah, and they're saying that there's all kind of issues with lithium. Now, they just said they found a, a lithium deposit uh, in Nevada recently that may be the biggest one they've ever found so far and could handle lithium demand for the next 50 years. So that'll be good, but uh, for a while, lithium's been kind of a bottleneck, and that's a problem, and it's going to drive prices up on these things.
0: Well, all I can tell you is, folks, again, you know, if you really uh, have a fleet of vehicles or if you have a situation where it's like, hey, this isn't too expensive, I'll tell you what I really like is I like these e-bikes, Jay, and I know there's concerns with those too because they're catching on fire. Uh, But these E-Bikes, what I like about them, you're not putting a lot of money into these like you are a car. Uh, They're a lot more usable and portable. and and, I mean, they're incredible. I've I've seen people ride these things and use them. They're amazing, and they're actually a very inexpensive way for a lot of college students to get to school or if you just want to go a couple of blocks to the store or oh, if you yeah. live out in the country and you want to go down to the barn or you want to uh, – these things are incredible, Jay.
1: They even have cargo versions of these e-bikes and stuff that can haul quite a bit of groceries and or several kids and things like that. Um, And if you look around, a lot of them will cost you a couple of thousand dollars, but I've seen, I've actually bought a couple off of uh, Amazon that are thousand dollars or less, $800, some of them. Um, And my kids have, and they're, they're pretty good and they're really fun. They're really great because you can, um, you can get up to speed. You can go, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour where you really got the breeze going and you don't have to work super hard and you can go, you know, where you might normally bike only if you're doing it yourself a half mile or a mile or something, you can go five miles on one of these, and uh, it's a pretty cool experience. Everybody likes Well, them.
0: and because it's partly human powered and partly battery powered too, the the more you human power it, the longer your battery power can kind of last. That's and right. Else, and it can just help you with the hills, or help you with it, you know go a little faster than you might normally go. If you use it wisely, though, again they have some pretty good human powered versus. Uh, battery power and stuff that's kind of where the technology in my opinion is best used right now in a real productive meaningful inexpensive way agreed all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to thank you for listening to tech watch radio